Hello and welcome to Minip, your fantasy sports community. I'm your host, Blake, coach of Youngies Yaks, and I'm joined by Clinton. How are you, Clinton? I'm good. Thank you, Blake. I'm coach of Dash's Dogs. I'm on location this week. I'm in Tasmania. So if, yeah, if uh, my lighting's a bit different and the dog, can you still see the dog? Yes, you can. Yeah, the um, dog's yeah, still so, Yep, yeah, so I'm in Tassie and yeah, looking forward to this chat, Blake. Yeah, last week you were the sick dog. Now you're the Tassie dog. Yeah, that's it. Um, jack jumper. <laughs> the jack jumpers, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a footy show, Clinton. We won't talk about basketball. Um, this is round eight AFL fantasy and Supercoach show. Um, just like the other previous two shows, you can flick through halfway through and um, stay up to date with the AFL fantasy content. We'll be kicking off with Supercoach for a start. Thank you to everyone who watched the show or uh, listened to the show last week. It was our most popular show since um, before round one, Clinton. So thank you to everyone who joined in that show. Um, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button again uh, just so that we keep up with that popularity there, Clinton. Yeah, there's millions of people watching. So just join, <laughs> it was a, join it was the a crowd. It was a big show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could also check out our Patreon. Um, that way you can... Get involved in our community with our group chats. I'll get the link up on the show notes there for our podcast listeners, but it's on your screen there for our YouTube watchers. So it's forward slash minute fantasy sports community. So make sure you go in there to support the channel and um, yeah, get involved in minute. Let's get into it with uh, Super Coach Clinton. I'll go first before you start bragging about how well you went. So I scored 2,477, which I thought was a very good score until I saw everyone else's scores around me in the Supercoach community. Um, yeah, I went up in the rankings about 2,500 spots, and so now I'm 13,400, so pretty happy with that. The trades that I did, I did Hayes or Hayes um, in the Ruck division, and Sam Hayes scored me 53. It's just cash generation purposes, so that'll, that'll be a uh, good cash rise there. I did Rochelle to Hobbs. Um, Hobbs ended up scoring 13 in the end. Uh, just another oh, yeah. Essendon disappoint, disappointment for me for the weekend, so that was good. Oh, dear. He nearly had more touches than Supercoach points, Clinton. He had 10 disposals, but I think he gave away two free kicks and a 50-meter penalty. But my big trade, which I... Uh, had enough cash for after the previous two trades. I, I did Sherry to Took Miller, who scored 160. So that I was very happy with that one. I VC'd Clayton Oliver, who scored 119. That wasn't enough for me to lock him in as captain. But then I went Jack Steele, who only scored 122 anyway. Not as big as some of the massive scores around Clinton, but overall pretty happy to get a rise in my rankings there. Good stuff, Blake. That's all you can do. Um my score for the week was 26-6-1. Obviously, very happy with that. That gave me a round rank of actually 385 for the week. And now I'm into a rank of 2,987. So pretty damn happy with that. Um, my trades all panned out well. I also did Hayes to Hayes. Um, I think this time last week, I was thinking about bringing in Jack Steele, but uh, what I decided was I was pretty keen to get Cripps back in. I thought I'd 
knew I'd made a mistake by trading him out. Um, I had doubt that he'd come back so soon and play so well. So I wanted to get him back in. So I got rid of Rochelle for Cripps. And with a boost, I traded out Cherry for Luke Parker, which was another player that I had seen recently play more midfield minutes and I was really keen to get him in. And, uh, yeah, I was eyeing him, eyeing him off as soon as he got his forward status. And, yeah, he's playing really well. So very happy with those three trades. I did VC Max Gorn. So I was very happy to take his score of 172. And, yeah, I think as, it, as my team was completed I still had one decision to make and that was um, tossing up between Roses and Sam DeConing and I actually went with Roses so that can I complain that I scored 30 less points than what I should have but um, yeah so that was a, my last decision not I had to make enough, and not I, good enough Clinton no. so yeah I, Roses scored 48 and, and uh, no so very happy with the team I have burnt through a few, quite a few trades, but I think I've set my team up pretty well. And I've literally only have, in the short term, two or three players that I, I sort of need to upgrade at the moment. So, in a good spot. How many trade boosts have you got left there, Clinton? Uh, it's a great question. I can't really notice at the moment because I've already used it for this week, and I'm likely to reverse that. So, um, I think I've used three. I think I've used three off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah, so two remaining. I think we're pretty yeah. similar. I think I've got uh, 23 trades left in the two boosts. Um, yeah, very well played there, Clinton. The, those trades worked out perfectly for you. Uh, Parker only in about 5% of teams. That's probably doubled since last weekend. He um, was in 2% yeah. on the weekend, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I uh, couldn't get much better than that, Clinton, could you? Um well, besides that 30 points, which you, you should have done better. Um, let's uh, go with our Guess Who, Clinton, one of um, your favourite segments. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Had to play the Guess Who clip. Um, I like the whole jing- the jingle, yeah. Oh, yeah, you missed that. So... All right, there Excellent. you go. Um, last week, my guess who was Laddams, who at some stages it was actually in and out of my trade plans last week. Luckily, I didn't because he only scored 85. But um, the reason why I didn't get him was because of the inclusion of Callum Sinclair, um, which was an unexpected one for me. Guess who, Clinton? Yes. I'm a midfielder and I'm the... Eighth highest averaging player this season. You're not okay. allowed to look at your stats there while you're playing. I, I'm here. looking at my team. I doubt you'd have someone that's in my team. I guess already, so. in, my price is practically unchanged since the start of the season. Against the next three opposition sides, I averaged 130 last season. I've already scored above 133 times this year, and my lowest score is 87. I'm priced at 580K. Midfielder. Um, my guess is Brayshaw. No, 
is uh, only in five percent of teams he plays for Port Adelaide Clinton. Bokey. Bokey is correct. He's uh he's averaging 121 this year. He's going under the radar a bit, and he's coming up uh, against some opposition that he dominated against last year. Any thought to Travis Boke at all, Clinton? Well, I try to avoid the senior players. Parker's obviously right on that borderline. Um, I was uh, thinking... No, I don't think so. You can Google that while I uh, I chat. But I'll, I, I'll do that, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Parker's a bit younger. But, um, yeah, I think Boke is just that... Yeah, he's very consistent. The big concern for me would be I would avoid him because of his buy. I think he's got the first buy. And I'll get to – maybe I can start talking about that right now. I think you've got to be really careful about that first buy. So, for example, I'm eyeing off the likes of Jack Steele, Josh Kelly for this week. But I think I would be setting myself to fail in that first round of buy. So just something to be mindful of. Well, you've jumped the gun a bit there, Clinton, because one of the – we'll get to that shortly. Um, you, are, you are very correct in Luke Parker is four years younger than Travis Boak. Thank you. Parker's only 29. I did not yeah. realise he was only that young. It seems like he's been around for a long time. Um, well, well, eventually you got there for the guess who, Clinton. It took you longer than second, any other one so far. but Second guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go across to our bold predictions, Clinton. Let's do a recap of last week firstly. What was your bold predictions last week? I had two, Blake. The first one was I was backing in Took Miller to bounce back and score 160-plus. So I think that's a big green tick. So after after the first quarter, after the first quarter, it wasn't looking very likely, but he's he's pulled through. And I think that was a very good prediction on that one. Um, the second one, I also backed in Zach Butters to respond and score his highest score for the year, which didn't occur. And I think a big factor in that was the conditions up in Cairns. So I'll give him a bit of a leave pass, um, but I'm still hoping he can maybe get back to his 100 um, scoring this week. Yeah, if um, yeah, very well played on Took there, Clinton. You actually convinced me to get him into my side, if I'm honest. Um, you highlighted me to the fact that he was coming up against weaker opposition who just let midfielders do whatever they want. So you talked me into that one, so thank you. Um, my bold predictions last week, if you remember, Clinton, I um, had one where I tried to put a moz on a player. And that player that was... Uh, well, as you already mentioned, he's uh, pumped out another score of 139. So that bold prediction didn't work. But, Don't um, do it again. My, <laughs> my other one was Sherry to score 130 plus. And well, then <laughs> I did give you a bit of a flag that he may be uh, in danger of CCG, CCJ coming in. Um, yeah, but then he got he injured. Didn't know he so had a broken go. foot. <laughs> yeah, um, and then so CCJ didn't score what you predicted, though, did he? Nah, uh, Gold Goldie was the number one <laughs> ruck. Um, okay, 
but he he came out and scored 125, not 130. So oh. just fell short there. Um, hit me with your bold predictions for this week, Clinton. Okay, um, someone who is a bit of a talk at the moment, who's had it quite a couple of weeks, and it worked for Took. So now I'm going to back in Jack McRae. Jack McRae to respond Friday night football. I'm going to have the VC on him. A lot of people will avoid that and go elsewhere. I'm going to back him in to respond. And what do you want? 150, 160? Worth for Took. I'll go the same for McRae. Let's go 160. Yeah, considering the caliber of the player McRae is and the big scores, he's pumped out in the past. 160 yep. sounds fair enough, Clinton. I'll be happy with that on the dot. Yep. All right. I'll hit you with my my one, and then I'll come back to you. Yep. Uh, a player who's can, probably going to be one of the number one forwards this year, Clinton, but he's had a few lower scores lately and hasn't scored above a hundred. Is Tim Taranto? He's going to score his highest score for the season, Clinton, and score over one hundred and thirty. Yeah. He's one I'm eyeing off. There's a lot of similar forward lines going around with the likes of Dunkley, Brody, Butters, Canilio, Martin, etc. Pretty soon there will be maybe some upgrading going on down there and Taranto's one that I've got my eye on for sure. Um, the next one may not play. We'll see what happens with the Fremantle situation. Um but there's already six players down with whatever it's called, health and safety protocols. Um, yeah, well said, yeah. Uh, let's go with a player that is being traded out by a lot of people. Um, how many people? Almost 10,000 as we speak. But let's go with O'Driscoll to put in a great performance and potentially, not sure, I've got a feeling he might get some midfield time with the amount of outs that are, Happening, I'm going a bold 110 plus for O'Driscoll. 110 plus. Let me just have a quick quick look at his higher scores for the year. Yeah, I'll definitely accept that. Clinton he's had a couple of scores over over 100 now, but he hasn't cracked 110 yet. So that's uh, definitely reasonable from you. Thank you. My next Moz Clinton. Oh dear. Be careful. Is he in my team? He is in your team. Oh, don't. Uh, he's, I think he was the highest scoring player from last round, Clinton. Oh, no, he was actually the third highest scoring player of the round. Max Gorn. Uh, he's been he's, he's hitting some form, but means Luke Jackson hasn't been getting much time at all. Um, and... They just need to work him back into the season, make sure he's up and firing as well. Please don't provide me some more information that he's dropped or something or he's injured. Um, <laughs> Max Gorn is going to score under 110. Hmm. It's not that bold, but he's averaging 126. He just scored, just scored 100. He's averaging 126 yeah. and just scored 172. Yeah, well, I can't see it happening, so I'll let you have it, but... Yeah, I'm He's, not a huge. I'm not a huge fan of you putting mozzers on my players, actually. So, well, um, I had an opposite of Crips last last week. So, yeah. um, you got one yeah. there. So that's all right. You're one one. 
the previous yeah. week worked with O'Driscoll, I think it was. Uh, yeah, that's correct. It did work with O'Driscoll. <laughs> Let's get into community questions. Very um, daunting music there for our community questions. Very uh, uh, threatening with a big shark coming. You already went into it earlier, Clinton, but my the question from our community was, should we start considering the buys in our trade plans? I think if you haven't considered it yet, now's the time to do so. So on the actual app, you can look up, uh, there's a button you can press called Tools, Show Buys, and you go... Um, round by round and look at how many players you have playing per um, buy round. And for example, in round 12, there's lots of teams with a lot of players that have the buy. So Carlton have the buy. Um, like for, I'm rattling through some players, but yeah, Jaden Short. G- uh, GWS with GWS, Bruce. Port Adelaide, Jack, Essendon. So there's Jack Steele. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot Jack Steele. So there's lots of players who are very well owned who are in that buy round. So it's just something to be very mindful of. And as I said earlier, for example, not this week, but next week, I'm going to eye off another midfield premium. I'd like Jack Steele, but I'm just very concerned that it will um, cost me in that first week of the buy. So it's something to be very careful of and I know I'm right on that fringe of potentially not being able to field 18 because I'm worried about it's probably not so much the the premiums that you have like the Jack Steele. It's what are the bench options? So what, to fill up your 18 players, if you have potentially a couple of players who may be on that fringe who are on your bench, you need them playing. And if, if they have the next month happen to get dropped, all of a sudden, yeah, you might be in a bit of... Um, Carnage. So we'll see. Yeah, Essendon have also got the buy. So the likes of Nick Martin, Ben Hobbs, um, Sam Hayes has got the buy. Gibkiss. Um, so just, I believe this information is still correct, Clinton, for for the people if it's your first time playing. It's your top eighteen players. Um, their scores that count. Um, even if you've got twenty, it's still the top eighteen. Um, and I believe you still get extra trades when it comes to the an extra trade when it comes to the buy round? Yes, you do. So it's is it three trades? I think it used to be three trades for the buy round. Get, I'm pretty sure it's still the same. You get three trades, and if you want to boost, you get four. So, um, But yeah. in, in saying that, you still want to be – you don't want to just hold off your trades for those rounds. I know right now there's a lot of aggressive super coaches going hard and um, completing their teams. That's all well and good. It's just being careful still of those buy rounds. So um, I'm still I'm still aiming to continue to trade hard and fill my team. It's just it may impact which premiums I bring in the next few weeks. Yeah, just counting mine there at the moment. I've only got 17 for round 12 currently, so I need to start looking at my <coughs> um, my trades if they're playing or not in round 12. Um, that's my next question, Clinton. Uh, is it worth trading out rookies on a slow burn to generate cash rather than waiting for them to peak on their bubble of break-evens? So the likes of uh, Connor McDonald, who's just been slowly chipping away, scoring about 50 each round. He's just slowly going up in price. Gibkiss, uh, Sam DeConing, those kinds of players. 
is it worth trading them out early, even if they're not hitting their, even if they're not close to their break-even bubble? Um, those last couple of players you mentioned, I wouldn't be trading out yet because they have very low break-even still. Um, but there's lots of other players which, along those lines of Dacos, Horn, Francis, if you've still got Rochelle or um, players like that, I'd be trading at those players before the likes of Gimkiss and Sam DeConing. So all depends on their break-even, but then also um, depends what you're doing with those trades. If it is, if they're the only, if you're looking at a team that you have no one really to trade out, then if it's going to improve your team, then still do it. But ideally, if those players are still playing well, still um, going up in price, you ideally want to keep them. But for the cheaper players who aren't going up much at all, maybe, yeah, it is potentially time. I think Paddy McCartan, although he's likely to be back this week, if he helps your trades, and yeah, you, you can trade him out as long as it's improving your team. No, good answer there, Clinton. It's given me some something to consider there, um, considering I don't have any immediate trade plans. So um, best downgrade options this week, Clinton, so those players that are um, got the lowest of break-evens, um, which players do you consider to be the best downgrade options? Well, obviously, the best one at the moment is Greg Clark, but he still has another game to go. And the old super coach rule would be to wait another week. Um, but if it's improving your team and you want to get his score on field, um, and it helps the other trade. I definitely think he's the best pick. Um, the second pick for me would be uh, McComb uh, for the Bulldogs. He's played two games. He seems to be uh, going okay, or I should say well enough to stay in the team in the short term. I think his score was impacted with his efficiency in the weekend, but if he can uh, use the ball a bit better, I think he can score pretty well. I think he finds the ball pretty well. The Bulldogs share the ball around. So if he can have a good couple of weeks, I think he's a really good option this week. Um, and, and for example, with my trades, as we speak, I'm trading him in before Clark just to be extra safe. I think the smart option could be to go Clark to get him on field. But for my team, I'm still undecided as we speak. Being on Wednesday night may change with team selection, but... Uh, McComb, what did I say before McComb, whichever, um, I think he's the option I'm going for. There's a few other players that are worth considering, um, but I think there's a few that can wait until next week. What do you think? I'm not too, I'm not sold on McComb personally. I think he, um, I think his score was assisted by a couple of goals last week. Um, his efficiency hasn't been great in either of his games so far, and he only scored 37 in game one. Um, I think I'm not sold on him, to be honest, and um, Bulldogs being a, a strong side, I doubt his long-term cash generation and being able to stay in that side. The other one is Paul Curtis. He's for North Melbourne forward, 117K. He's played his two. Um, he's got the lowest break-even. I know there's another one there, Strand. Strandika is 102k as well. Um, he's out, though. He's out, not playing. Is, is he health and safety, or just because is Nick health, back? Health and safety protocols. Yeah. 
Thank you. So, yeah, so Curtis has got the lowest break-even of the, the bubbles then. Um, break-even of negative 42. Um, yeah, he's he's probably my best downgrade option, I'd say, of the out of him and McComb. Um, Greg Clark. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd disagree I'm, because of the – he plays with Kangaroos. He's a forward-line player. That's where – and it's – Another fifteen k cheaper, so that's where we're slightly different. But I'd go McComb. Yeah, and you've almost talked me into Greg Clark there, Clinton, because I personally was not considering him being only played the one game. And if he gets injured, you're stuck with a hundred and two k play on your bench, and you just got to side swap him or spend cash to get in another player but his points on field um, could be beneficial this week for trading out the likes of Horn Francis or Dacos, getting him his on points, his on field points um, might be very handy for my trades there, Clinton. And Luke Shuey was just announced as out as well. So you can only imagine him okay. playing a lot, a lot of midfield time. Um, so um, yeah, I, I just, it all depends. The one thing that swayed me, and we'll get to our, our trades later, is that there's a player that I still have in Hugh Dixon, and it looks like he may be a potentially West Coast number one ruck this week. I was going to trade him out and pretty much bring in um, Clark, but due to the fact Dixon will be potentially rucking, um, by playing it safe, I may keep and field Dixon and just give Clark one more week to be, as you just said before, more certain that um, he's going to rise in money and it's a worthwhile trade. Yeah, just another one back to Paul Curtis. Of his 12 disposals, you said he was playing forward for North Melbourne. Of his 12 disposals, only three of them were in the forward line. It was, yeah. it was moving up and around the, around the ball. So, um, yeah. yeah. Difference of opinion there, but that's all right. We don't always have to agree, Clinton. No, we don't. And I think it all depends on where, what position you're trying to trade in. And right now, I'm I'm in a, I'm in a position that uh, I don't really because I meant what I mentioned about Dixon. Um, I'm not really in in need of a forward line rookie, whereas in the midfield I can have that luxury. Yeah, uh, was there. What other players did you want to discuss for Supercoach there, Clinton? I think we just mentioned the downgrades. I think it's worthwhile mentioning what upgrade targets we're Which aiming for. And I, so I know personally I've got quite lucky. Well, when, it's, when I say luck, I've chosen some players and I've been lucky with injuries. I mean, other people have chosen the likes of Hall and uh, players like that who have got injured. But I know Tom Short finally came through with the goods. He was a player that I've had since the start of the year. He missed a game with um, a bug, whatever he had. So he's, he's been a bit of a, a wait, but I think he finally came through and now it looks like a great option to have. The question now is if you're upgrading, um, I'll just rattle off some names. So there's players now who have had really good weeks and um, – now, you have to decide, is now the best time to bring them in? So another player which I'm going to bring in this week, or I haven't start, obviously had all year, is Jaden Short. Um, I haven't had him all year. He 
moved to the midfield. He scored 152. I have to decide right now if I want him or not. And I think now's the right time to bring him in. He's pretty much at his starting price. And uh, the way he played last week, I think there's every chance he could become a bit like a Rory Laird and just maybe not as much inside, but he can still get a lot of the ball. So he's someone I'm bringing in this week. But then there's also Mills and Luke Parker, the other two players I wanted to bring up. And for that matter, Cripps, who have scored, who scored well. Um, these are the players that you need to decide if you don't have them. You need to get them in soon if you want them. So Mills, Mills is almost out of reach as we speak. But in saying that, uh, for me next week, I've, I'm going to have lots of money in, in the bank. And, uh, and to suit my buyers, I may... Uh, back up the truck and fork out a lot of money for meals instead of Jack Steele purely because because of the buyers. So that's something I have to wait and decide next week. And then the other one was Parker. He's gone. Obviously, he's he got the DPP. He's actually moved into the midfield more. He scored 150 in the weekend, and he looks like a great option. So he's another player that if you don't have, now would be the best time to bring him in. So there's there's just a few names that. In terms of premiums, you need to start thinking. If you don't have them, you need to get them in. So uh, just the question of how much is too much, I think Cripps, Parker and Short are really affordable and I think you should be trying to get them in, whereas Mills and Stewart um, in their positions are very expensive and it's understandable that you want to avoid them because they're too expensive. But in saying that, if they continue this form, you won't be able to afford them and you won't have them for the rest of the year. And they may continue to score well. So you'd be, yeah, so it's just one of those ones. Yeah, it's a good point there, Clinton. For me, the positions that I sort of need to fill at the moment is another one or two midfielders and a defender. For me, the defender that I've missed out on so far is Doherty. I believe he's in your side. Um, He had one of his lowest scores for the year, uh, last week and it was a 91. Um, for me, he's that's still an affordable price at 562k. Um, so he's one that I need to start considering this week if I want to be getting him. And Cripps is definitely the other one. Um, I traded him out two weeks ago. So at that price, he's still very affordable 526k, averaging 121. Um, yeah. Doherty, Doherty's um, score of 91 was a well, – that was a good 91. It wasn't as if – you see some scores or players scrape at 90, whereas he – I thought watching the game, he's played really well and I thought that would have been 110 plus. So it's just one of those random lower scores. And, um, yeah, he's break-even still only 114. So he's someone that it maybe isn't as – desperate to get him this week if, if you want to get him like yourself. But, um, yeah, he's definitely a good option, I believe. The other strategy which I'm still considering each week, Clinton, is having a, a dual position player in the midfield. So one that I can swing – a premium dual position player that I can swing between the defender and mids and forwards and mids. Um, for the moment, I've currently got Taranto in my midfield. Um, I think – a good strategy for my team going forward is having at least one dual position player um, from each line in my midfield. If there happens to be an injury or something pop up, 
then I can swing them across. Um, so yeah. that's sort yeah. of in my, that's always right. something in my strategy that I'm considering. I understand that opinion and it makes sense. Just make sure you don't compromise a premium player because the in general the midfield players have a higher average than whether it be defenders or forward. So just be careful you don't compromise. It could be compromising 10 to 15 point average because of that theory. So the top eight mids generally score more than what the forwards and backs do. But I do understand that theory. I've thought about this year myself, but um, it's just flexibility is good. Especially if you get to close to the end of the year and you start running out of trades if you're using three each week at the moment. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, it's just something to consider for your, for your teams um, with your strategy. Um, let's. That's uh, all the players I want to discuss, Clinton, if you're happy to get into your trade plans. Sounds good. So as I've said so far, I am deliberating over two or three tra- trades. Um, the first one I am doing is Horn Francis out for uh, McComb. So I'm, I'm going to do that one. McComb plays Friday night. I'm going to have the emergency on him. Um, Dacos can go for me for short. My back line is pretty solid, um, and that would short would end up in D5 for me. So I've got a pretty solid back line. That was, that's with Bowie at D6. So Dacos, despite being a player that you could continue to keep a bit longer, a bit longer he's someone that um, is just ready to go for me. Um, and, and as I said, the my last decision will uh, all depends on what West Coast how they name the team, and if Dixon is their first ruck, and I can see him playing a fair bit of ruck, I'll keep him instead of bringing Clark. So Clark can just wait an extra week and be extra safe, and then um, I'll make sure he's the right option to bring in next week. So um, as I said. McComb can be my emergency. If he, I've sort of set up my team that O'Driscoll is in my M8. So if McComb is scoring really well in the first half uh, for the Bulldogs game, which is the first game, I could potentially loop that score around and bench O'Driscoll um, and just play it that way. So that's what I'm doing with my overall team. It looks pretty solid. And as I've said earlier, I'm at this point going to VC McRae because um, I just want to back him in. I may get it wrong, but I think he's due for a rebound game and Lockie Neal can be my backup captaincy score. Um, I do like several players, but um, Miller, the Melbourne players of Oliver, Petrarca and Gorn, they're very good options, but at this stage, um, just so I could get a VC score, I'm thinking of just doing that on a Friday night and I'm going to back him McRae. Good work there, Clinton. My if my original plan was to not trade at all, um, but I I suspect Dacos is going to have a spell soon. To be honest, um, I, I think they said last week that he was sort of carrying a bit of an ankle injury. He's I think he's probably due for a rest soon. Um, and yeah, what's his break even now? He's break even seventy four. For me, he's ready to go as well. So Horn Francis and Dacos are potentially going to be my trades out. Um, I am going, at this stage, Horn Francis to Clark 
because I need an on-field midfielder. Um, I don't trust Ward, Connor McDonald, or Ben Hobbs to put out a half-decent score at the moment. So Horn Francis to Greg Clark, which will give me enough cash to go day cost to Sam Doherty. Not bad at all. My my VC and C is very similar to yours, except for I'm going with another Bulldogs player as my vice-captain in Josh Dunkley. Um, he played very well last week and um, looked dangerous up forward as well. He was able to sort of get a rest down there and boot a couple of goals um, and into Lockie Neal as my captain. Yeah, he's in amazing form as well. So that's uh, my super coach plans there, Clinton. Good job, Blake. Well done. Good luck. Yeah. I'm still not sold on the Greg Clark move, but um, it, it'll Team probably it'll determine... Yeah, team selection will change that again, I'm sure. Yeah, there could be. Just, yeah. I just got a feeling something random could pop up. And I think Hewitt's still a watch. I think he's been training recently, but it all depends if he comes back in. Um, yeah, so just the big the big one is being prepared for your buys. And every trade now, you need to start weighing up how is your team looking with each buy round. Yeah, um, both Doherty and... Jane Short have that round 12 buyer, which is quite frustrating. If George Hewitt doesn't play, I've got Gibkiss and McCartan to loop into that position with Carlton being the last game. Um, so I get to check that out as well. All right, Clinton, that'll wrap up our super coach. Uh, so 38-minute mark, we'll switch over to AFL Fantasy. Yep, good transition there, Clinton, from AFL Supercoach to uh, AFL Fantasy. So uh, this is our round eight AFL Fantasy section. Um, do you want to talk through a round review of your AFL Fantasy, Clinton, from round seven? Yes, I haven't been going as well in fantasy, but I did score a pretty good score on the weekend. I scored 23-1-2, um, which is I think anything over 2,300 was a very solid score. That's improved my rank to 13,635. So it's been a disappointing year. I've made a lot of mistakes early. And I'm just clawing back now. So um, my trades, I took out Cherry and Grundy, and I brought in Clark and Oliver. Um, so... There is several players on my team that need upgrading, but it's sort of one of those things that I can't do it all at once. So, yeah, I scored okay. Um, several things that need addressing my team. But, um, yeah, going okay now. So hopefully I can keep on climbing the ranks each week. Yep, uh, good round there, Clinton. My score was just under you, 2,255. Boosted me up the ranking slightly to be 3,695, so about four or 500 ranking climb. Um, yeah, overall pretty happy with how things are going. I got my trades um, pretty spot on last week, so I traded out Grundy and Hayes, and I <coughs> brought in Gorn and Greg Clark, so very happy to get Greg Clark's score early, and I was able to loop his score onto the field as well um, because me, me didn't play. Um, I VC'd 
Corn, and yeah, was able to cash in on that score as well. So very happy with how those trade plans work out there, Clinton. Um, yeah, not too much further to add of how my team's going. Let's get into our hits and misses. For- Yeah, good symphony. Good, tran- there. good transition there, Clinton. Uh, <laughs> get into your hits and misses, please, Clinton. Um, let's go with the hits. Yeah, I had some solid scores. Don't we start with the hits or misses? Yeah, start with some hits. Yeah, I had some good scores. Um, someone who I brought in several weeks ago is starting to really come through for me, and that's Angus Brayshaw. He scored 110. So he's been a solid pick for me. Obviously, he slotted down back. So he's been he's averaging ninety five now, and he's been a good pick for me. So hopefully, he can continue those good scores. Uh, the other one I want to give a pat on the back to is Clark. Obviously, brought him in, similar to you. Yeah, had him on the bench, but loop his score on. So that was a very good pickup last week. And if you haven't got him, this week is the week to bring him in. Yep, yeah, um, very good. My biggest hit was bringing in Max Gorn. Um, what did he score? 149 points as my captain. So very happy with that. Um, my next hit, who deserves an honourable mention after the season he's been providing for me, is Patrick Nash for West Coast. He's Nash. had three score. Nash, sorry. He's uh, scored three scores over 90 now and hasn't scored below 60. As a rookie, I'm pretty happy with that. He scored 94 last week um, as his highest score. So very happy with how Nash has been going in my forward line and providing a, uh, yeah, doing a very good role for me there in the forward line. Good stuff. Uh, My missus, um, just someone who, in terms of AFL fantasy, maybe be on the chopping block. That's Will Brody. He scored 64. Um, So... Obviously, he's been a great pickup this year. He's been scoring pretty consistently, but if he does happen to get another 60, he may be on the chopping block next week. But as I've said earlier, there's a few players in a similar boat, so there's a few like that that I need to start upgrading. And, um, yeah, that's something which I'll be trying to address over the next few weeks. Uh, And as we mentioned earlier, a lot will depend on the the buy rounds. Uh, The other player... I want to mention is, yeah, obviously it was hard up there in Cairns, but Zach Butter scored 74. Um, just a player that obviously was started as a premium option in the forward line, just hasn't really delivered, but I'm hoping he can bounce back this week. So that's a couple of low scores there. And yeah, I could go through a few more. I mean, just a handful of these names that um, I'm looking to upgrade soon. Bowie scored 69, O'Driscoll 63. Crouch has been consistently scoring around that 80 to 90, so I think I need to upgrade him. And that's about it. So otherwise, my score, my team was pretty solid, but those are the types of players I need to start upgrading. Yep. Uh, the misses for me was my main one was Tom Green. Since I brought him in, he scored 91, and he's put out his lowest score for the year in a 74 last round against Adelaide. So not good enough, Tom Green. I Brought him in for Patrick Cripps um, when Cripps was injured two weeks ago, and that move has backfired on me. So um, not good enough, Tom Green. And the other one I had, who was my lowest scorer, and he's 
think it's time to go for Horn Francis. He's put out a score of 52. For fantasy, he hasn't been scoring that great. He's made a little bit of cash for us, but he's only really had one one or two big games for AFL fantasy. So uh, for a number one draft pick, um, Silvani let him know about it on the weekend. It's not good enough. I actually missed his name, but he's another one that I need to get rid of too. So add him to my list, Blake. I'll add him to your list of your Mrs. A. Clinton. Yeah. Uh, let's get into into discussing uh, community players, Clinton. Um, there's a few players now that are um, on the they're sort of hitting their their bubble of how long we can hold them for in the likes of Horn Francis, Dacos, um, Rochelle, Sh- Sherry's injured now, who's in my team. Um, these kinds of players... Who who cops the chopping block first? Well, with the situation that happened for me last week, and we're pretty much going to talk through my trades, but um, I actually traded out Cherry last week, and so I've still got Jack Hayes in my team. So he's someone I need to get rid of. Um, and, yeah, I think of the names we've just mentioned, Horn Francis probably is the first one that need, that needs to go. Um Dacos is nearing that stage. Once again, it may, it may come down to team selection, but of those names, literally, that I just rattled off, those are the couple that stand out the most that are ready to get rid of. Um, so probably Horn Francis will be the first one that we need to go. Dacos is obviously right up there. Um, and then, yeah, I think Bowie was an okay selection, but he's currently in 15% of teams. But I think he's averaging 74, which is... Which is strange because I think watching him, he's involved in the play so much and he's always around the play and sometimes doesn't get used. And he's someone I think could score, you know, 90 pretty consistently, but for whatever reason, he's averaging only 74. So I think he's not not my, not my biggest priority. I think it's more the younger players that we need to be concerned about. And yeah, it's the rest. Break even's only, break even's only 61 there for Bowie Clinton. Yeah, and, and the rookies like Dacos and Horn Francis, I think, as you mentioned, whether it be slight injuries or not, they'll be getting a rest soon. So now's the, probably the right time for those couple of players. Yeah, Horn Francis, break even at 68. I doubt the the way he's been scoring, I don't think he's going to score that. And yeah, last thing he wants your rookies going down in price um, by much if he happens to put in a very low score. Um, I did the opposite, Clinton, to you. So I traded out Hayes last week instead of Sherry. And so now Sherry's still sitting there. But in terms of my priorities, I need to trade out the players who are playing first so that they're not losing cash. Um, Even though it's a big price to be sitting there on my bench in Sherry, who's, what is he, he's 523K. But I don't want the likes of Rochelle, Rochelle, Horn Francis and Dacos going down in price before I trade them out. I'd just be so, careful that once the buyers come, it's better to have a playing rookie than a non-playing player. So it's something to be careful of. Yeah. Yeah, I'd get more money by trading out Sherry. If I really wanted to go into the calculations of it, I'd work out um, how much money Horn Francis will lose this week if he doesn't reach his break even. But um, yeah, might be getting a bit too technical. It's pretty difficult to work that out without knowing what he's going to score. But uh, I think I think it's safe to say the way he's been averaging, 
yeah, he might he might roughly get his. So I don't, I don't think him uh, if he plays. I don't think it should be a factor that he's going to lose money. It's probably more so what he's actually going to score and if he's a on-field option. Depends on what your priorities are, Clinton. But players that um, started scoring well at the start of the year and that are starting to put in a couple of bad scores now, would you consider, for the for the sake of my team, the likes of Tom Green, uh, even Sinclair's put in a couple of lower scores, would you... Depends on the priorities of your team and um, who's injured and whatnot. But um, would you consider side swapping some of those kinds of players who started well but are starting to drop off a little bit now? I would not get rid of Sinclair. I think he's a sole option. Tom Green, you brought in only pretty recently. So it's almost like you have to see that through. I think if you've got other priorities with those rookies, I think they're your priority. I think you have to back in the fact that you've brought in Green despite maybe he wasn't the best option. It hasn't paid off for now, but I think you have to back that in. On the flip side, if there's players like Matt Crouch, who I mentioned before, if he, if he's consistently getting 80, it's hard to really see him getting a 120 at the moment. So I think he'd be a high priority to get rid of compared to the likes of Sinclair and Tom Green. Maybe it's because of the, how recently you brought them in. So I think you have to back that trade in a bit longer. Um. And some other players who are in a similar boat to Matt Crouch, there, Clinton, Tim Taranto has only been sc- scoring, averaging 83 over the last three rounds. Um, Jordan Degoe, who started well, he's only been averaging 83. Some some teams might have got these players in early um, and now they're sort of stuck with their lower scores. But I think you've got to ride it out. Um, you've got in these players thinking that there'll be... Um, Good long-term options, so I think you've got to ride out. Even Heaney's only been averaging 88 over the last three. That's still pretty good for a forward-line player, and he's been saving his score to pretty late in the game. So I think those are the types of players, they're not your concerns right now. I think it's the names we've mentioned, um, especially the likes of Horn Francis and Dacos, they're your priorities to get rid of. And then I guess the other topic, Blake, is which players to bring in. I think... It's really important to, as we mentioned, with Clark, he's a must if you don't have him. I think McComb, he actually scored 83 in fantasy, Blake. So I'm not sure if you have okay. him in fa- fantasy, but if you haven't got him, like that's what I was saying before about him, that I think he's a must if you don't have him. So in terms of downgrade options, I think there are a couple of the obvious ones to be targeting. Um, so it's still about... Ideally, you're going up and down and, yeah, bringing that type of cheap rookie who's going to go up in price for quite some time and then choosing which player to uh, bring into the team. So just with the names you mentioned before with the likes of Tom Green, I think with the players that you're bringing in, you you want to be confident that they're going to be season keepers and you you can see them being a a long-term pick. So I think... If there's any risky players, I think ideally you're instead of the loss of Tom Green, you want to be bringing people in now that you're pretty confident are going to be season keepers. Otherwise, you end up with a team with the likes of Crouch, likes of players that you're not 100% happy with. So I think it's all about targeting those right premiums. Yeah, at the time that I brought Tom Green in, I thought he was going to be a season long keeper. He was averaging 106 and he had. 
five out of his six games scoring above 100. So at mm. the time I brought him in, I thought he was the real deal. Initially, I wasn't sold on him. Um, one issue I currently have, Clinton, is my forward line in picking the season-long keeper. So I'm looking at uh, bringing in a forward line premium. Who would you consider to be sort of your top six forward line premiums as a long-term option? Yeah, you've caught me on the hop there. But um, I think we've mentioned him earlier, but I think Luke Park is a great option to bring in at his price especially. Um, so I think he'd be top of my priorities if you don't have him. Um, obviously, there's the likes of Dunkley who uh, should be one that you a lot of people have. But then at the moment, I, th- I still think there's a lot of players that are worth keeping. That I think Canelio has still been scoring pretty well. Um, Brody, who I said before, maybe be on the chopping block. But then Butters, you've started him. If you started him throughout, you need to back him in for longer. So um, I don't have the exact list in front of me, Blake, but I think um, you want to be targeting players that you're pretty confident in. I think Parker would be my priority if you don't have him. Yeah, Parker's been averaging 111 across the last three. I, I don't, I don't think I've seen many Sydney games, and that's sort of what's putting me off at the moment. Just having that eye test of Sydney, uh, not seeing their games hurts my confidence in him, to be honest. Um, but other than that, yeah. So you got Dunkley, Tim English coming back from a hamstring injury would be. Uh, risky selection if you're looking at bringing him in this week. He's only still only eight, 837K. <laughs> um, but I think that would be a very risky option to bring him in straight away if he's selected this week. Tim Taranto is the next highest averaging forward, um, but he's yeah. only been averaging 83. And then you got Heaney. Uh, more for Hawthorne. He's the fifth highest averaging player. Laddams and then Parker um, is the highest averaging players. Um, yeah, I'm still very undecided with three of the top seven being Sydney players there, Clinton. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, every season that something similar happens. I think mean, Bulldogs players at the start of the year were doing the same thing. So it all depends what um, players you're needing to get rid of and, yeah, just bringing those right premiums. So um, if, if we're going to straight onto our trades, so, for example, this week, as I've said, I've still got Jack Hayes, so he's going for me. Uh, Horn Francis is going. That a rookie which I didn't mention before, but I've obviously got McComb and uh Clark already. But C- Carol for Carlton, he scored 87 on debut last week. Um, I'm bringing him in this week. Um, so he, I think he's going to be a very popular trade in, especially for those who um, already have Clark um, and McComb. So I'm bringing in Carol. And the player that I'm bringing in, I'm sort of tossing up between Parker, but I've, I've, I think I'll lead towards getting Cripps in. I think he's in um, obviously great form, and if he can keep his form up, he'll be scoring those hot, you know, scores of at least 110 plus. So that's what the way I'm heading this week. And in saying that, I haven't dissected fully, but I'm, I'm I am a bit concerned about that round 12 buy. Yeah, I need to start looking at my bias for AFL Fantasy as well. <laughs> I don't have McComb in Fantasy, but um, I might have to take a miss on him because of my priorities. I've, I'm have i going to trade out Sherry. Um, I still have Rochelle sitting there, Rochelle on my bench, who 
will most likely have to play an on-field role for me this week, which is quite frustrating. Um, I'm going to be upgrading Horn Francis. Sorry, just to backtrack there. So Jerry to um, that Carlton player you just mentioned, Carol. And yep. I need to – so Horn Francis, I've got 917K to play with and I want to bring in a forward. And the player that I currently don't have um, – is Tim Taranto, even though he's been averaging 83 over the last three, I think he's going to be one of the key premium forwards uh, long-term for the season. So at the moment, that's going to be Horn Francis up to Tim Taranto. What about his break-even? Have you got that in front of you or not? If you don't, that's okay. But I'd, I'd argue I'd argue Park will be the option, wait. but you can... You can make that decision yourself but um uh yeah Toronto is the type of player that has these weird sort of runs where you maybe just just be going okay for a couple of weeks and then the next few weeks he's like the best player in fantasy and he'll score 150 every week so um, make a very good point there Clinton Tim Toronto's break even is 142 yeah so and Parker's is Heaney's is 111 um so of these premiums that I usually go with. Don't have a lot of faith there. Parker, I'll, I'll find that for you while you keep talking. Parker, I think, would be the smarter option this week, um, purely because he's formed recently and, uh, yeah. And But in saying that, now that I'm flicking through it, Parker's is 75. Rochelle's break-even is 76 for this week. So whether to trade out Horn Francis first or Rochelle. Is, um, Decisions, yeah. that's what it's all about. Yes. Um, but, yep. All right. I'll say uh, I'll say Luke Parker for the moment then, Clinton. You've convinced me again. Okay. Well, you, you can blame me if it goes pear-shaped, but all I can do is give you my advice. I'm sure, I'm sure elections on, a, on the Thursday night team selections will change that opinion, but... Um, at the moment, I need to bring in another forward. Good luck with that. Thanks, mate. Anything <laughs> further you want to add before we uh, wrap up there, Clint? No, I don't think so. I think, um, I think, yeah, just as as we've said all um, recording, just be wary of those buyers. Start looking at that, um, and yeah, just be in terms of fantasy. Start looking at those, making sure you have that. Still have those. Uh, rookies coming in, but then also, yeah, upgrading your team. Um, so I think those rookies that we've mentioned um, are worth, worth getting in this week, but then also, yeah, you start, want to start getting rid of those off-field, some of those players that have been scoring poor, poorly recently. No, it's great advice there, Clinton. Um, can see why you're climbing up the rankings. Uh, mm. Thanks to everyone who's been watching, liking and subscribing to the show. Um, we hope you're Enjoy the show that we've been putting out, um, breaking it into the AFL Fantasy and Supercoach. Good luck to everyone for round eight. We'll be posting our teams um, on Twitter and Instagram as well. Did that through last week. So we'll um, stay up to date through that and we'll look forward to you joining us next week. Bye. Thanks, Flint.